Welcome to the Wisdom for Wealth for Life podcast. Let's bridge the gap between your faith and your finances. At Ronald Blue Trust, we apply biblical wisdom and technical expertise to help you make wise financial decisions. Our goal is to help you leave a lasting legacy. In this podcast, you will hear inspiring stories, practical tips, and encouragement from the Ronald Blue Trust family with special guests along the way. Welcome to the Wisdom for Wealth for Life podcast. The information in these podcasts is provided for general educational purposes only. It is not intended as specific individual advice. The client's experience may not be representative of the experience of other clients, and they are also not indicative of future performance or success. Opinions expressed may not be those of Ronald Blue Trust. Hello and welcome. I'm Brian McClard, Head of Investments for Ronald Blue Trust. In this podcast, our senior investment strategist, John Pickert, is joining me to discuss what we have been seeing in the markets. We'll talk through the recent banking crisis, where we are with inflation, the Fed, and more. John, all the money that was pumped into the economy in the wake of the pandemic really drove demand way above what the economy could produce. And so as a result, we've been experiencing inflation. In essence, what we have then is we have inflation that's been driven by excess liquidity or too much money and credit that's been put into the system. So what the Fed's been trying to do is they've been trying to close the gap between demand and output. They've been trying to bring down inflation and drain that excess liquidity from the system by raising rates. We continue to see signs of decreasing liquidity in the system. For instance, last year we saw stocks and bonds both sell off. They had one of the worst years that they've experienced in a long time. We've had uh, leading economic uh, sectors start to roll over, like housing you've seen soften. But additionally, and more recently, we've seen signs of stress in the banking system as a lot of depositors have fled some of the regional banks. And we're seeing some of the more exposed banks, like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, not even survive. So my question for you is, is this 2008 all over again? Do investors need to be worried? Well, thanks, Brian. I, I don't think it's 2008 all over again. Um, that was more of a credit event. We saw subprime mortgages really causing a problem in the banking industry. This time, it seems to be more of an interest rate risk or duration risk. Um, in, in fact, after the global financial crisis, the, the Fed and, and other regulators put some rules in place that really made some changes that may have slightly led to some of the problems that we have today. The regulators wanted, wanted banks to be safe. Uh, after 2008. So they actually put rules in place to encourage banks to invest more into Treasury securities. Uh, what we saw this last year is, um, you know, after the COVID response, the fiscal response has really added a lot of money to the, uh, to the deposit base of banks. Also, the capital markets were very strong. So we saw a lot of funds flowing into bank deposits. Um, but what we saw last year is inflation rose its head and the Fed was very determined to uh, squash inflation. And by doing that, they wanted to raise rates. Um, but as we know, with, with bond investments, um, rising rates mean bonds incur losses. And so these banks were investing a lot in securities, uh, as the regulators wanted them to do after 08. Uh, so they were incurring these losses. 
um, on their balance sheet. And at the same time, depositors later in the year, they saw rates rising elsewhere and decided to seek, seek higher rates. So we saw deposits starting to leave the banking industry uh, in the fall time. Um, at the same time, the banks were incurring uh, losses on their, on their balance sheet. What, you know, what happened in Silicon Valley is kind of a, a combination of the two. We saw deposits leaving Silicon Valley Bank um, partly because the balance sheet was uh, somewhat at risk, um, and that accelerated the kind of a traditional bank run. People got worried about their deposits, so they started pulling out even more money. But with our, with our banking industry um, and the central banks, they, they came in, put a, uh, a stop, they stopped the, uh, the run on Signature Bank, but also Silicon Valley Bank. So the, the Fed had to step in and stem that flow, that outflow from the banks. So the banking industry, it is an interest rate risk, a, a duration risk. It's not a credit risk so far that we saw in 08. Um, so going forward, you know, I think the bank in banking industry is on, on pretty solid footing. We always have to be on the lookout for that. And as investors, we have to you know, diversify our, our risks uh, across the banking industry. But, you know, the, the economic backdrop is something to think about. And I know today we're going to talk about inflation and, and what's happening in the economy, too. Well, and that's why I'm glad to hear you say that if the financial system is on solid footing, the Fed can deal with the original uh, monster that they're trying to deal with, and that's inflation. And so to your point, that begs the question, is inflation still a problem? And to that, I would say that inflation is still a problem that the Fed is trying to deal with. Year over year, we're looking at about a 6% inflation measure as, as measured by the Consumer Price Index. Now, that's off the high of 9%. But it's still a long way from the 2% target that the Fed has. And so we still believe that there's still more work to be done. Inflation is coming down. We believe we've seen the peaks. Uh, but it could mean that the Fed isn't done yet. One of the keys we believe that investors should look for are wage pressures. Uh, because wage pressures are sticky, and they're a good indicator of where inflation will go. Right now, wages are running about 5% year over year. We really need them to be down in the 2 to 3% range to bring inflation down closer to the Fed's target. The problem with that, though, is that that was likely to mean that unemployment has to come up uh, in order to get wages in that range. And so, obviously, that spells some challenges. Yeah, it really does seem the, the Fed is in a dilemma here. They've got a conundrum between squashing inflation, um, but at the same time, you know, making sure the banking industry is, is secure going, going forward. So it really is a, it really is a problem for them. Um, in fact, you know, recently the Fed in their March meeting, they raised rates by a quarter point in spite of some of the banking issues that we've been talking about. And I think they're looking at those, those factors, right? The uh, employment market seems uh, the labor market is very strong. Uh, retail sales are still, still doing well. Um, but at the same time, you know, inflation keeps rearing its head. So they have to pay attention to the inflation side of things. Um, the, the Fed is talking, you know, they, they may continue to raise rates, but I think they're a little bit more cautious now because of the banking um, uh, issue. The banking issue could potentially um, could potentially affect the economy somewhat uh, on the credit side. It, it could it could slow down some of the credit expansion, which may slow down the economy uh, just a little bit. Well, and that was a big question going into the meeting. It was hotly debated as to whether the Fed should pause or whether they should go forward with the rate hikes. 
um, and just to level set everything, you know, the Fed tends to cut rates whenever they perceive that the economy is softening. Maybe we're heading into inflation or heading into a recession, rather. Um, and so if you look at market expectations, the market went from expecting no cuts in 2023 to now expecting three cuts in 2023, which suggests a significant softening of the economy. And so um, that's a dramatic swing in such a short period of time, because that's only over the course of a couple of weeks. And I think it also illustrates the lack of visibility we have right now in the economy. And so I guess my question to you is, you know, do you think that these banking stresses will cause the economy to slow down? Because the market seems to think so. Yeah, I think I think on the margin it's possible it might might slow down things a little bit. I mentioned uh, credit expansion. Uh, the smaller and mid-sized banks are heavily dependent on deposit flows, so some of that outflow could could rein in banks a little bit on the credit side, and and that may translate to slightly slower um, economic growth going forward. So, Brian, uh, what can we expect going forward given all this backdrop? Well, although it changes from week to week, right now it does still seem that the Fed has potentially some more hiking to do. Obviously, uh, we'll continue to monitor that and watch. But in general, we're seeing inflation come down. We're seeing the economy slow. Uh, we're seeing corporate earnings actually soften, which means profit margins are squeezing. And that means that potentially we're going to see maybe some more cracks develop in the system. Not sure where those could show up. The good news is that we think the economy is strong enough to be able to absorb these, but it could cause for some uh, bumpy experiences with investors. So given the issues, Brian, let's, let's talk about some of the implications for investors uh, in, light of, in light of this. Yeah, I think that's a good place to go from here. Um, in general, when we think about how we're positioning our portfolios, during this time right now, we're a little more cautious. Uh, we're a little more defensive in the portfolio positioning. We would stress paying attention to quality and duration, which essentially means watching what your interest rate sensitivity is in your portfolios. We believe that that's advisable to do currently. We also believe that during this time, diversification cannot be overemphasized. The banks that were not diversified uh, did not do well. However, the banks that uh, had a diversified deposit base, they diversified their uh, securities portfolio. Those are the banks that are weathering the storm a little bit better. And I think that that's a good illustration that uh, investors can take to their portfolios as well. What do you think? Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, I think it's important uh, for investors for when they need their money back, right? The old adage is, um, you know, the return of your capital is as important as your return on capital. And We've seen with this banking issue how important it is to match your, your investments to your goal. And I think that's what we try he here at Round Blue Trust is, is to do that matching. Uh, the first thing is to uh, come up with the, uh, the goal and then create the portfolio from that goal. Uh, whereas a bank, uh, we talked about Silicon Valley Bank, for instance, having longer term investments with the shorter term deposits. And that creates a, a mismatch or a potential problem. Yeah, I think it's a very important uh, analogy for how we construct portfolios. And we believe that every good investment plan starts with a higher purpose and then follows a proven process. Our process appeals to timeless principles. And while we can't do anything about the uncertainty that's out there, we do believe that the highest satisfaction in investment performance is really more tied to what you're invested for than what you're invested in. 
John, I want to thank you for joining me today to talk about these important and very timely topics. Well, thanks for having me here, Brian. It's been a pleasure. And we want to thank you for spending your time with us today. Thank you so much for listening to the Wisdom for Wealth for Life podcast. If you're looking for financial advice, please contact us. Please visit ronblue.com. That's ronblue.com. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts.